Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, you're gonna meet a legendary restaurateur who's behind some of the most creative brands on the planet. We'll talk to him next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is The Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I can't think of a more competitive space than the restaurant space. Uh, you all know this if you live in Dallas, that there's restaurants that you can't even get into for a full year, and then the next thing you know, they're closed. But then to create iconic brands that we all know and love, that takes a real genius. Uh, speaking of geniuses, Mark H. Brzezinski is in, in the studio. He is Thank the you. author of Fork Fight. And uh, we're going to talk more about your book in a minute. But I, I want to just kind of brag on you a little bit. As I was doing the homework for the show, you've been on the creative team teams behind brands like Eatsy's, Payway, Tin Star, Velvet Taco, and your latest concept, Busy Burger. That's correct. I mean, yes, when, you, yes, yes. when you hear that, <laughs> I mean, you have to look at your career and say, those are some big names. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very low-key person about that. I, my, my, real, my real passion is creativity, to create things. I don't spend a lot of time wallowing in them and, and bathing myself in them. I just love to see people eat good food. And, and it's been my, my lifelong desire and passion to create things that people love. I don't, I don't know how to define it any better. Mark, you were telling me that you started an interest in creativity and food at a very early age. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I was known in high school as the sandwich king, <laughs> uh, while everybody else was opening their sandwich boxes and having peanut butter, jelly, ham and cheese. I would be bringing triple deckers, I would take Rubens and cook them at home and then heat them up at the school. Uh, any kind of sandwich that was that took a little bit more creative uh, desire to put together, I would open up. Everybody just stop and stare at what I was eating for the day. So it started at an early age. And did you get your start in restaurants? Did you work in restaurants? My first job ever was working as a, a, a hamburger flipper at a place in New Jersey called the Anthony Wayne Grill. And it was over charcoal, live charcoal grills that we would just be cooking hamburgers and sandwiches, ham sandwiches all day long. Okay, so now uh, many uh, musical bands are known as a overnight sensation. Were you an overnight sensation or did you have some failures along the way? No, no, no. F failures are part of the journey, honestly. Uh, I would say that for a while there, I felt pretty bulletproof. I talk about it in the book where you start to feel like you can't fail. And so you take chances that maybe aren't as well calculated as they should have been up front. And you end up, you know, we call it, you know, skiing over your ski or going over your skis a little bit. I, I did that a fair amount of times. Uh, I wouldn't say they're all, they're all successes, but fortunately I'm blessed that I've had really a couple uh, incredibly good successes that have helped propel me onto other opportunities. Yes, we're gonna pull up the website. And as we scroll down your website, 
Uh, I want to just tell everybody that you, you can get more information about uh, Mark and his book and book him to speak through his website. Um, let's talk about your, your book. Um, so Fork Fight. First of all, I love the name. Fork fight. Yeah, well, you know, it actually evolved from uh, when we did Trinity Groves. When I helped Phil Romano create Trinity Groves from a, a whole bunch of dilapidated buildings into this restaurant playground, uh, I was in charge of my role was to bring people in and to, to kind of vet them through the process and help them open restaurants. We opened 10 restaurants down there in about 18 to 20 months. Uh, and, and Fork Fight was a competition that I invented for all the chefs and newbies. It was like a March, March Madness style bracket challenge and we pitted chefs against chefs and we invited people in. At the height, we had 375 people come down to Trinity Groves, pay $75 a person to enjoy two competing dinners, no four kidding. courses, appetizer, entree, salad, and dessert. And at the end, you would vote with a fork. And so we ended up calling it Fork Fight at Trinity Groves. So that's that's kind of went back to that and said that was a pretty good time and a pretty good name. All right, tell us some takeaways. What will people learn in the book? Well, I think I think people ask me what the theme is, and the theme is is uh, perseverance uh, to to have belief in yourself, to know that you can recover from failure. Uh, I, I detail very explicitly my failures and what it led me to uh, and how I recovered from those and, and, and what it took, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, internal fortitude it took to kind of come out of those things. Um, it's, it's, it's really about, it's the arc of a journey and, and how to deal with both the successes and the failures without letting either of them define you. And I want to put the book cover up full screen so that we can talk about it. I love the image. I mean, look at that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> kind yeah. of a bloodied hand. You want another good story? Yeah. Well, the publisher, Simon & Schuster, one of their divisions called Postal Press said, give us an idea what you want for the cover. And so I had this idea of a, a boxing glove and a you know fighter, but holding some food. And I took a boxing glove into the studio. It just didn't work. So I said, well, just take the glove and let me, let's wrap my hand. And I cooked that steak on the cover. It's a ribeye steak. I cooked it on a griddle, small griddle in the studio, and we cut it up and I held it. And we were just using it as a model to show the publisher. And when we sent it to the publisher, that's it. That's Are our you cover. kidding me? So that's actually my hand. Wow. And that's a steak, a medium rare steak that I cooked on a griddle in the photography studio. So that's a kind of a fun story to know about the cover. Absolutely. And the book just came out. We've got some pictures from your Instagram of you out. Um, there's Dean, a legendary Dean restaurant. and I, yeah. yeah. I've never worked together, but we've always known each other. So That's so cool. And uh, I did a book signing. Uh, at at uh, Busy at the newest restaurant on a Saturday, and Gene Street showed up, and Larry Levine was there. It was it was a bunch of Mike Hogue, a bunch of our old school, you know, kind of you know founding fathers, so to speak. Sure. But it's really intended not for, it's intended for young readers too, because it's 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 a story about how to how to continue and move forward day after day. And you were telling me before we went on that you actually did your own audiobook? Yes, yes. I auditioned with a bunch of professional readers and I didn't think I'd get it, but Audible called me one day and said, we'd like you to, to narrate your own book. So uh, I spent grueling, two grueling days in a studio reading. I don't know if you've ever done that, but to sit in front of a, an iPad in a dark room for eight hours just reading and not being able to make a mistake, it was, it was exhausting. Well, Mark, you have that 
great resonant voice. Uh, I could hear you doing, um, you know, you're listening to KZPS. <laughs> I would have I I killed for that voice in TV news. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, Busy Burger. Um, sure. So uh, tell us about the concept. Well, it's about a, a, a driver and a, a, a pitching wedge away from here. It's over here in the Montford uh, LBJ area. And I just, I've never done burgers. You know, of all the things that I've done, I've never done a burger. I, I said, if I'm, if I'm going to do a burger, I want to do something different. So I approached the burger world like I did Velvet Taco. To me, Velvet Taco was, all we were doing is using the tortilla as an expression for other foods. And you could hold it, so therefore it's a taco. So I wanted to do the same thing with hamburgers. I don't want to do the regular hamburger routine. So we decided to do toppings that were a little bit more culinary crafted. And I worked with John Frankie, Chef John Frankie from Velvet Taco, the guy I worked with who has since gone out and been independent. But um, we came up with a whole bunch of burgers that have these really cool toppings, smaller burgers. They're priced like fast food. I didn't want to elevate it. I want, I've always wanted people to eat really good food for not a lot of money. Yes. So if you look at a common theme, Velvet Taco, uh, Tin Star back in the day, uh, even Payway, they were typically, you could spend 10, 11, $12 and have a really good meal. This is the same thing. I wanted to stay in the same category. I, I love Hop Dottie and I love the Liberty Burgers. Gene's a friend of mine. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to, you know, serve the bigger burgers. I wanted to go small. Do you still get nervous before you roll out a concept? Like, like <laughs> since, since I mean, obviously everything you've touched has not turned to gold. No. Do, you, do you say to yourself, I'm going to have an opening day and you're praying that people show up? Uh, it's more than praying. I, I, I think it's begging. I think it goes all the way down to begging. Yeah, there's the same same sense of dread every time. It's it's like Michael Jordan or, or yeah. Bill Russell used to throw up before basketball games. I played basketball in college. You you if you don't have that, you wonder if you're really into it. I mean, if you don't have that sense of dread and that anxiety, if you are sleeping soundly and sleeping through the alarm, then you're probably not worried about your concept <laughs> enough. I, I still, we've been open five months and I still wake up right as soon as my feet hit the floor and I'm thinking, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? It's it's not for everybody. Yeah, we've, we've got some pictures off of Facebook and sure. it's uh, just uh, everything from the ambiance that you're creating to the the special, I mean, look at that. That's the hot, hot chicken sandwich I have with a blistered jalapeno on it. Not many people do that. And I, uh, do you have a food artist? Because that's a that's a beautiful no, shot. The photographer that I know who came over to do that gratis, out of the goodness of his heart, really did a great job that day. That's typically what we serve as a, as a bag of food for uh, catering. Uh, we want to do that's that's a great shot of the double cheeseburger with some uh, Korean barbecue sauce on it, which is one of the ones we brought here, I think. Yeah, that's our chicken sandwich. That's our Italian chicken sandwich. It's got a homemade kind of marinara and then a pesto on top with cheese, melted cheese. Ah, we do a steak dinner at night. I don't know if it's fair to show that one. That's, uh, <laughs> we, we did that to try to generate some nighttime sales. We, we do a $20 steak. Uh, University of Kansas State University came through after the, uh, uh, the Sugar Bowl mm -hmm. and halfway back to Kansas, they stopped and they came to a hotel and I invited them in and we had about... 70 people, band members come in and have uh, have our food one Sunday night. Wow. That's me. That's my token expression. Let's get busy. It's easy to say. What do you want for lunch? Let's get busy. 
I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, do you are you kind of like a, a mystery diner? Do you kind of sit there? They don't know that you own the place. I mean, do you do you watch people's face? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you. I've always said that you know to be an innovator, you first have to be an observer. Um, I, I think one of the the skills I learned somewhere along the way is, is to be so cognizant of what, everything that's going on. You know, people since the beginning of time go out to eat for one of five reasons value, quality, hospitality, we used to call it service, experience, or convenience. And at every time you make a decision about where you're going to eat, one of those rises to the top. Maybe you only have 10 bucks in your pocket, you choose value. Maybe you want to have a, you know, it's a new date or you're meeting somebody and you want to have a good dinner, then it's experience. Uh, always it's quality at some different levels. You know, everybody eats fast food. Sometimes it's not about quality, sometimes about convenience and cost, right? So I try to pay attention in my restaurants to as many of those five categories as I possibly can without, you know, trying to be all things to all people. Yes. And, and um, I think we've done that in, in most of the things I've done. What's been the nicest compliment you've received since you started uh, Busy Burger? Wow. Um, I, you know, I don't hear compliments very well. I'm, I'm paying attention. But I think the best one, that's a great question, by the way. The best one was something I read on one of my reviews is that Busy Burger is going to disrupt the burger world. Wow. Which is what I kind of set out to do without saying it. It is a disruptive kind of concept. It's not, you're not going to get, you know, tomato, raw onion, avocado on our burgers. We just don't put cold things on burgers. Until we did this new one, which is my version of a Big Mac. We call it the Big Mark. I said, I'm going to go after the number one selling sandwich in the world. The number one selling sandwich in the world because it sells at McDonald's. They sell more French fries than Big Macs, but the number one selling sandwich is the Big Mac. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to try to do my version of it. So that's the first time I put anything cold on my burger. And D Magazine uh, gave you a title. Would you uh, share it? Yeah, um, I was very flattered by it. They call me the uh, father of the fast casual dining scene in Dallas. Oh my and goodness. the fast casual refers to obviously somewhere where you go up to a counter and order Payway, Velvet Taco. Tin Star was one of the earliest of that that I started. Uh, and now, of course, Busy is going to be like that as well. Wow. You are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, and I should, I should uh, point out that Mark brought burgers from my team and they're all salivating. They can't wait for this <laughs> segment to end so that they, they can. They, they can, will be good. I promise. Okay. We're going to end with the website, which is mbrzinski.com. Mark, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate it. That's it for now. We'll see you next time. Thank you.